You are the Apex Champions. Welcome to The Dream, where each week we chat with men and women who can only be described as game changers, phenomenal individuals who are at the cutting edge, who in spite of and sometimes because of personal and life challenges have risen above seemingly impossible situations and are actively working to bring transformation to our planet helping to create a world we all dream about. A new world. Today, The Dream chats with Janet Marrow, co-founder and chief executive officer of the program of sustainable agriculture Tanzania called SAT. The local organization in Tanzania that is for over 10 years been working at the national level with a goal that small older farmers are able to feed their families and earn an income from practicing agriculture in a sustainable and environmentally friendly way. Mrs. Mauro has been able to build capacity and develop strategies for initiatives in Malawi and Ethiopia to work with communities in agroecology. Habari ya Joni? Oh, nzuri sana. Habari za jioni. Okay. Janet, pleasure having you with us today on the dream. Uh we want to look at um Tanzania. But I I was in doing my research um I came upon the fact that your first president uh was uh, of course the very famous Julius Nyerere, uh, the Pan-Africanist. And he ruled for a period of 24 years, all right, in what was first Tanganyika? Tanganyika. From, from 1961 until his, in 1985, I believe. Yes, but you know, Tanganyika and Zanzibar united to form Tanzania. Yes, so he was president of Tanzania. Right. Until the 1980s, when mm. we got a new president, and he, uh, Julius Nyerere died in 1999. He, he ruled until 1984. In 1985, we had a new president. Mm-hmm. And then our presidential term is five years, which are renewed after, uh, which can be renewed twice. So a president can be president for a maximum of 10 years. And we have had a very democratic process. So uh, the second president, that's Ali Hassan Mwini, mm-hmm. he was president from 85 till 1995 when we had um, Benjamin Mkapa. Mm-hmm. And uh, Benjamin Mkapa ruled from 1995 till 2005 where we had uh, Jakaya Mrisho Kikwete who was president from 2005 until 2015. In 2015, we had uh, Joseph, John Joseph Pombe Magufuli, who sadly right. passed away in the, first, in the first few months of his second term of office. Mm-hmm. So now we have Mama Samia Suluhu Hassan, who is now the current president. 
But one of the interesting things I found out was that you had, you've had one party basically ruling Tanzania for the, the time of its independence. Um, just give us insight into that. Uh, yes, uh, uh, during the struggle for independence of Tanzania, uh, and also immediately after independence, we had the Tanganyika Africa National Union, which was mm -hmm. the TANU. And I must say that during this period around, uh, around Africa, there, there was uh, the struggle for independence. And we had su such unions or such parties in several African countries. Huh? Mm -hmm. And yeah. uh, for us, after independence, there, there, of course, uh, there came to, to be Chama Chama Pinduzi, and uh, this was mostly uh, very visible during the time when Tanzania became a multi-party nation. Mm -hmm. So we mm -hmm. have, uh, we are one of those countries where we have multi-multipartyism, multi and uh, right. we are a democratic, a democratic nation as well. So, however, uh, much that. Uh, Chama Chama Pinduzi has been the really ruling party over the years, but uh, the leaders or the president is democratically elected, and mm. the observation to the constitution of the country is observed. So we have uh, so many other political parties in Tanzania, and uh, when we have an election year, there is the campaigning. The campaigning takes place, and uh, people vote. Those who have reached the age of majority and are registered as voters get to vote for their president. And yes, it has happened that over the years, it's Chama, Chama Pinduzi that has had the presidential candidate highly uh, elected and getting the most votes. So it's always, oh, it has always been a president from Chama Chama Pinduzi. And we have uh, elections also at constituency level where we elect members of parliament and there, I must say, it has been quite diverse over the years. There we see also many members of parliament from some of the opposition parties in Tanzania also being elected to this uh, position and being in the parliament. And then we have also at the lower level or at the local government level. And there we have ward councillors. And also there we have a lot of them from uh, the different political parties in Tanzania and not just uh, Chama Chama Pinduzi. Okay, great. great. I was looking also at the wealth of Tanzania and Tanzania is rich in gold, iron ore, nickel, copper, glass, and silver are gemstones which include diamonds, Tanzanite, your own stone, uh, which is a yes. beautiful blue um, stone called zeocite. You have ruby, garnets, pearl, and I understand that there was oil recently found as well. So you're extremely rich when it comes to mineral wealth. Yes. Yes. Uh, Tanzania is one of those nations which I consider to be very blessed with natural resources and minerals and also water sources or water resources. So for that, we are really grateful and we are really blessed. We have, as you've mentioned, very rare minerals. Uh, we have gold, uh, we have Tanzanite, and mm. uh, this is only found in Tanzania and several other major minerals and gemstones in Tanzania.
apart yeah. from of course our other vast wildlife and protected areas also biodiversity wild biodiversity hotspots and mm. heritage sites so we are really a, a very blessed a very blessed country Def, definitely definitely now janet Murrow, you are the founder and the chief executive officer of our sustainable agriculture tanzania which is sad um and you've been in that organization or formed that organization was it in 2009 well, uh, 2009, we started as a project and uh, the organization was established and registered in 2011. So about 11 years ago. 11 years ago, right? And, the, and what is the aim of that particular program? Tell us about it. Yes. So Sustainable Agriculture Tanzania is a local non-governmental organization in Tanzania, which aims to build capacity to work together with farmers at the grassroots to be able to support and uh, to be able to support them that they're able to grow healthy nutritious crops and uh, also livestock in a way that is sustainable and friendly for the environment so we we believe that the production of food should be done in a way that it does not compromise the situation of the producer so the producer's health the health of the soil and the health of the environment are considered in the production process and the end product should be chemical free should be with uh, the right nutrients that the human body needs to nourish and to be nurtured and also that the environment in which the food grows is protected and conserved but also the soil is built to ensure future generations are able to later on produce food in the same area and be able to feed themselves, but also earn an income when they get to sell the produce from the land. Right. Um, in terms of, of that, how are you coping um, in terms of, because a lot of crops are now genetically modified, is that proving to be an issue for you? You're still, or are you still doing heirloom crops? Well, we still do a lot of uh, heirloom crops. And here, uh, for us, heirloom crops, this is, um, it's crops that are produced by seeds that uh, under farmers are still, or the seeds that are owned by farmers under what we call the farmer-managed seed system. So for us here, most of the seeds, 70% of the seeds that, are used as seeds that are the farmer managed seed system and in the past there has been uh, some research trials that were going on on genetically modified uh, seeds but that stopped and uh, we're very very fortunate and very happy that the government called those research trials off so at the moment we don't have any ongoing genetic engineering or genetic modification activities in Tanzania for, for crops. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Now you went to the university in Morogoro. Um, yes. That also happens to be the place where your training school is. By the way, what did you study at, at the university? Was it agriculture? Yes. Uh, at uh, Sokoina University of Agriculture in Morogoro, I took a bachelor's of science in agricultural economics and agribusiness. Okay, so what was responsible for 
going back to Maragoro and starting your school there in Maragoro? Well, actually, um, Sustainable Agriculture Tanzania, the activities we are doing, they started when I was still a student. So oh. this started when I was still studying and I will take my time during Friday afternoon and uh, the weekend to work with farmers and some communities around. So actually as a group, as, as students, so we use the free time we had. We had uh, farmer discussions during Fridays and Saturdays. And when I graduated in 2010, I started going out to the field and I, since I also had more time, I decided that I will be working really full time and I will not uh, I will not take any other uh, employment opportunities or commitments, but rather keep up, uh, keep, keep, keep working on this project. And that's why you will see that I graduated in 2010 and uh, worked on registering the organization, which uh, successfully was registered in 2011. What is amazing about that, because if you look at the, the landscape of Maragora, it's a very hilly landscape. But yet, in spite yes. of that, you've been able to, to terrace the land and to do sustainable agriculture there. Tell us how you did that. Yes, uh, this is it's very, uh, very, very interesting. And it has been quite a rewarding journey to work on the landscapes here in Morogoro. As uh, when we started back in 2009, I remember there was no terracing on the slopes of the Uluguru Mountains. And that time there was the talk of relocating the people from the Uluguru Mountains. So relocating the Waluguru people from the mountains and getting them to, giving them another area so they can move from the slopes as there was a lot of deterioration. And mm -hmm. I remember when I made my one of my first trips to the Uluguru Mountains and met some of the farmers, I came to learn that the farmers were struggling so much as um, the land had really deteriorated and was not productive. So I told them, look, I'm just a, I'm, I'm a student, but I believe if we are able to work on uh, using methods like composting and planting green manure and cover crops, we're able to revive this land and uh, we can make it productive again. But also if we are to make this land productive, we have to, to, to work on soil water conservation because we are on the slopes. If we just plow this, the soil and it rains, we see that the soil get, gets washed away. So mm -hmm. we have to work on ways on how we can uh, reduce the amount of, uh, of erosion that happens when it rains and that we can retain the water, but also we can retain the nutrients in the soil as we work to build up the soil. So mm -hmm. that's really how, um, how, 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 how we started off. And um, I'm very glad that there were some farmers who believed, uh, believed in us as young students and we worked together. They gave a plot of land where we could demonstrate practically what we were trying to talk about. And for me, I like the approach of working practically and doing things with the hands and really working together with the people to then we were able to establish the first demonstration plot on the Uluguru mountains with uh, terraces and the farmers were really impressed. I remember the first crop we planted, uh, we planted uh, some vegetables, but we also had a plot 
inside the big plot where we just planted some cover crops. And the first crop of the cover crops did not get so tall, huh? but mm. uh, then we slashed and plowed it into the soil. Then the next round of the cover crop, it grew so tall and there already the farmers could see the difference in the soil. And after that, you know, every farmer around was trying to do what was happening in this plot because they saw we were able to revive the soil in this, uh, in this plot. So they organized themselves in groups and uh, they had some small groups, smaller groups where they would go and help each other to make terraces and also to make compost. In the end, really, it was like the norm in the area to have your fields terraced. And that really helped a lot. It's now over 10 years. And I must say the community there and the area there is completely, completely different as it was about 10 years ago when we started. Yeah, and nobody's talking about moving now. <laughs> no, moving. no, the talks have really, the, the talks have, have stopped. And I can tell you, these farmers are now feeding the Morogoro town. Eh? So it's mm -hmm. the products from these mountains that feed Morogoro town, even during the difficult times when it's very dry and they're, they're the people who are feeding Morogoro town because we always get healthy, fresh products every day from the Uluguru Mountains by the farmers there. Okay. And they really have become farmers. They also send, sell their products to other, to, uh, to other cities, to Dar es Salaam, also to Mwanza. Mm. Yes, yes Dar es Salaam, the, 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 business, the business capital of Tanzania. It's about okay. 200 kilometers from Morogoro. And uh, one major thing also was uh, that uh, the, the, you know, the, the concern that, okay, the land is not productive and people have to either move out or go mm -hmm. further up and encroach the forest reserve. Now, on the Uluguru Mountains, we have the forest reserve. Huh? So right. people will try to go and cut trees there and start new farms. Huh? Mm -hmm. But that really all stopped because they were able to work on their land, which they had abandoned and really revive it. And they're using it now for production. And they still practice using compost, green manure and crop rotation to ensure that they're not completely again uh, depleting the soil. Right, and do you use, do you use animals um, interspersed into the agriculture in order to get the manure and stuff like that? Is that part of what you do? Actually, uh, animals were introduced also by the project and especially for, for, for the manure. So, right. yes, there is, there is some animals for the manure, though it's uh, actually quite, quite recent. So there is some cows, very few cows. Actually, on the slopes there, in one, one of these villages, I don't think they have more than 10 cows. Oh, okay. Um, yes, and then there's goats. We have a dairy goat project, and mm -hmm. also uh, at least every household keeps some chicken, not local chicken. Right. So you're basically in that village, probably self-sustainable. Yes. Right. How many people are in your school at any one particular time? At mm -hmm. our farmer training center, uh, our farmer training center is located on a slightly different area. Our farmer training center is located in a complete dry land. So there we receive less than 500 millimeters of rainfall. 
And so that's another, another agro ecosystem. But for us, we chose that area because if anybody visits this area and they see how the environment there is difficult and how limited water is, and still we are able to grow crops and uh, successfully keep livestock, then uh, they, 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 most farmers, when they come to the center, they think, wow, if you're able to do it here, we can do it back in our places because actually our soil, our area is a bit better than, than the area here. So it's a really, it's a harsh environment, but we are mm -hmm. able to use it successfully and uh, cultivating and growing crops there. So it really inspires people when they come for, for trainings. And uh, right. we have capacity of hosting at least um, 50 people at one go. So they can sleep and eat and attend training at the center. And where are they from primarily? What, from Tanzania or they come from other surrounding nations? Um, where, are the, where are the students primarily from? Actually, we receive, from, we receive uh, farmers from Tanzania, but also sometimes we receive from outside of Tanzania. We've received people from Kenya, from Uganda, from Burundi, from Congo. And uh, sometimes even from outside of Tanzania, outside mm. of Africa. So, but most, most at least 99% uh, from Tanzania, from other regions of Tanzania. As you know, Tanzania is a very big country, yeah? Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and is there a fee attached to it, to, to attending the school? Um, what, are the, what are the entry requirements to attend the school? Yes, uh, so there at our training center, we, for, we, we, if somebody does not know how to read and write, they still can attend our courses as we have a lot of practical exercises. So most of our training is really, really practical, but also we have courses that are at different levels. We have courses that are at foundation level, we have at um, intermediate, and also we have advanced level courses. And uh, in terms of fees, the fees also depend on the level of the course. But on average, it's about $100 per person for a course that goes for five days. And that includes accommodation and meals and the training fee. Oh, okay. So they stay, it's a, like a week-long course that they stay for. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. A hundred what? U.S. dollars? A hundred US dollars. Okay, all right. Yeah, that sounds yeah. great. And what is the average age yes. and gender of the students? You're getting a lot of males, young people, middle age. What, what is the average age and gender? Well, actually, we have more women than men. So that's first. It's more women than men. And mostly the youth, uh, the youth category, age between, actually, age between 16 to 35. That's the biggest, the biggest number. And then, yes, so that's oh. the biggest pro proportion. And for, for the fees, uh, we, receive, we, we have uh, organizations that support our work. So we use this support to subsidize or to, uh, to sponsor uh, farmers to be able to attend courses. So right. we have farmers who want to attend a course, but they don't have the money. So 
when we have sponsorships or scholarships, we we support them to attend the courses. And sometimes we have, uh, when we say, for example, if we have 10 people paying, then we take the rest uh, without having them uh, having to pay, yeah? Okay. And, and what have you found, you know, when you, when you look back at your students um, and they leave the school after the five days and they go out into the communities, what has been some of the impact that they've created in their communities? Have you been able to follow up on that? Yes, we, we carry out intermittent follow-up and uh, also support, especially for, for those that come from around the Morogoro area. It is very easy because we are based in Morogoro, so it's easy to follow up and also provide further support in their fields as they go back home and try to practice some of the things they learned huh, during the course. And then for those that come from outside of Morogoro, there, when we have the opportunity to go to these regions, we do follow up, but otherwise we also keep follow up over the phone to ask how are you doing? Have you tried to practice? Did you experience any problem? How can we be of support? How can we assist you? And also what we have started working on is um, what we call training of trainers, whereby there will be some people, uh, some people who get to attend a course, and then they get an extra training on on a teaching on teaching methodology after some time. Eh? So they become like our agents or representatives in their community, and they are mm -hmm. able to further train other people, but also to support to support them. Okay, great. Now you received the One World Award in March of 22, that was this month. How did that come about? Well, we were very honored to be one of the nominees for the One World Award. And um, we received information that we were shortlisted for the One World Award. And of course we're accelerated because this is the biggest, or it's the biggest and most prestigious award for organic agriculture. We were nominated and uh, we were very honored to make it to the shortlist. So we received the chair of the jury who visited us and uh, further documented our work, which was later reported back to the jury. And we were very happy to be selected as one of the finalists of the award and uh, one of the winners of the award. So. Now we, as a Sustainable Agriculture Tanzania, won the One World Award, and we received the trophy, the certificate, and also the uh, award money for, for this. During this award, award period, we were the only organization from Africa, and uh, there was one from Israel, one from Denmark, and I think one from, uh, from Mexico. So okay. it was quite, quite, quite a great, uh, and, and one from Scotland as well. So Scotland, okay. Mexico, Israel, Denmark, and Tanzania. It was a great honor for us. And for, for us, this award means a lot. It's an encouragement. As you know, we just turned 10 years last year. So we believe if we have been able to achieve this in one decade of our work, we are able to achieve much more in the next coming years. We are committed to, to work, uh, to work harder, to work wisely, to work smartly. 
and get more farmers on board and further impact the lives of people in Tanzania and beyond to further uh, restore degraded landscapes and to further ensure the production and consumption of healthy, nutritious food for all. I'm glad that you said that because that leads to my final question. What are your goals for SAT in, in the long term? Where do you see you impacting? Would it be um, more of Africa? Do you plan to take it out of, uh, you know, different, different um, continents? What are your goals? Well, thank you. As an organization, we, we, we plan to, to further consolidate our work and um, also to scale, to scale to other locations, to use these experiences that we have had here in the Morogoro region to work in other regions. And um, the idea is that growing, growing healthy crops and keeping livestock should be, should be the norm. Actually, it should be completely normal that all food which is produced is chemical free. And this should be the norm everywhere. And um, also we believe that uh, action, now little action or small action taken by different individuals, different organizations, these small actions have a very big impact. And so we should not underestimate the potential of the small actions we do. For example, uh, working with farmers, growing crops in Morogoro, in the beginning, you know, I thought it's just the farming household, but now I see it's the whole landscape, it's the whole environment around the mountains, because we see more trees are planted, farmers have, have planted more trees, and that is benefiting not just themselves, but everyone around. So really for the future, we want to encourage to further scale and work in other areas, as if these small actions at if these small actions will be done in several other locations, we will be able to really uh, restore a lot of the degraded land. We will be able to, uh, to, to, to not to stop, but to really reduce the extreme effects of climate change and to also reduce, reduce the deterioration and destruction on the environment that takes place through agriculture. So we want to, to get more people involved, more farmers trained, and the, uh, more, more, more land restored, more families fed with healthy food, but also farmers, more farmers earning a decent income, decent earning from the land. And yes, at the end of the day, we should not compromise the situation of the future generations. Great. It has been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Thank you for taking the time out to be with us. And I wish you all the best in everything that you're doing, all of your future endeavors. And, um, you know, we continue to follow your work and see what you're doing. All right. Thank all you right. so much. And how is it in Trinidad? Maybe at some point, you know, in Trinidad, you should have sustainable agriculture trinidad which will also be sat maybe we can we can work on that mm -hmm. yeah maybe that is something we can work on in the future awesome okay. great 
was nice talking to you as well. Yeah. I wish you a nice afternoon. Yes, and same to you. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Thank you. Okay, then. Bye. Thank you so much. Okay, bye.